0: Or three, two, one.
1: Welcome to a brand new episode of the All Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen, and joined as always by producer to the stars and my co host, Chris Brito. With the playoffs beginning Saturday, Chris and I will break down each matchup and make our predictions for the first round of the NBA playoffs. Also, we'll discuss which stars need to make a long playoff run the most. Before we get to all that, Chris, my friend, how are you? Hey, Stevie. Happy to be here. Another episode of the All
0: Hoops podcast. Um, We have the NBA playoffs coming up. You know, we're still waiting on two play playing games, but, you know, we feel pretty confident about the people facing the eventual winners of those. Um, but I think we have a really interesting, you know, first few opening rounds because I think there's some potential sleepers, upsets that could happen. Um, I think one of the bigger ones, one of the marquee ones, is something that we're both sort of divided on. And it's the Brooklyn Nets versus the Boston Celtics series. And I know you had some thoughts before our podcast. I think you were unsure about it. So, so walk me through your thought process right now with the, with that matchup.
1: Yeah, I'm really conflicted because this Nets team, when they are at their best, I believe they can beat anybody. I think they can be world champs, but they're not at their best. Seth Curry did not look healthy in the play-in game that we went and, and saw. He, I don't think he winded up scoring for the entire game. Don't even get me started on Ben Simmons. They keep talking about how he's coming back. A guy who has not played all year with a back problem. Who was exposed as a non offensive player in the playoffs last year? So he's not going to be, I don't see him as any factor at all. But at the end of the day, you have Kyrie Irving, you have Kevin Durant. And I believe those are the two best players in this series, believe it or not. So you have those two best guys. Does that mean you can go out and win the series? I think you could. And, you know, Robert Williams with the Time Lord himself was a great, great piece for this Boston team. He's out. There's reports that he could be back later in the series, but he had a four to six week timeline originally. I don't see him coming back, so I think this to be a six or seven game series, and I'm going to take the Nets.
0: Okay, so does that mean you're going to put a bet on the Nets-Boston series and putting it on the? I Nets? already
1: have them. I have a bet of them going to the finals.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm like, listen. I think you bring up a great point about the Nets having the best player in the series, but Jason Tatum is not far off from that. And I think that playing at home in Boston, I think that's going to really help the Boston Celtics moving forward. And so I think the Celtics actually have the upper hand just because they've actually had reps with the team. And I think that they've really developed a nice chemistry since really, since the Knicks beat them in that buzzer beater a few weeks back and it was a total reversal of fortunes for both our teams. Um, in any case, I'm picking the Celtics in that one. I, I just, the Nets have a lot more question marks than the Celtics do. And as great as Kyrie Irving is, um, you know, Jalen Brown is a fantastic player who can hold his own. And, and frankly, I think that the Nets, the, the Celtics have better role players. Than they absolutely do. do.
1: They do, and, especially and, with, playing with and,
0: and I think that makes a difference in this series. Like who's the third best player on the Nets who could match up with the Marcus Smart, right? Now? Like, is that, is that probably Drummond? Is that uh, Patty Mills? I mean, it, like, it,
1: it depends on the night, right? I mean, Bruce Brown looked awesome in that did. playing game. I think he so, had like 18, nine and eight or something like that. He, if he's going to give you that, that's kind of what they needed from Ben Simmons. So if you get that from him on a daily basis, uh, I think they're going to be in great shape. Nick Claxton was another guy who was really good in that series. I think the the Nets bigs, Claxton and Drummond, have been very un, you know overlooked this year. And now you're facing Boston, who does not have their big in Robert Williams. You're probably going to be putting Horford in those minutes. They The Nets have to take advantage. They have to play big at times, and they have to show that those bigs can – get those offensive rebounds, get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving extra shots. And I think if they do that, the Nets are going to be in a decent position to make this a long series.
0: That being said though, is Drummond and Claxton really going to provide that much of a lift where it becomes an advantage for the Nets? Like
1: that's, that's the question. That's like, I don't,
0: I just, right now, I don't see Horford is probably just as good right now as those guys. I don't know. I mean,
1: I don't know either. I, uh, maybe I like, I'm overhyping them based yeah. on this last game, but I do believe that uh, Horford is old and these other guys in the are serviceable. Um, so my, my belief is, is that uh, those guys can be a factor.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. So let's, let's move on to another series that we both think is, is a little bit up in the air. I mean, at least for me, um, the Sixers Raptors series. And, to me, the Sixers obviously have the two most talented players in that whole, like, series, which is James Harden and, and Joel Embiid. So, but now we have an added element in that Thibel won't be able to play in, the, in, in, in Toronto because he's not vaccinated. And I wonder if the Celtics team has enough reps together with James Harden because he was a big piece that they added in the middle of the season, um, I wonder if, if the Raptors could upset them. I actually have the Raptors, like, like, I'm not willing to bet on it, but I feel really good about the Raptors in the series. They have all the tools to beat the Sixers.
1: Yeah, I normally am picking favorites, and this is, we're going to be two for two in picking underdogs for me. I, I think the Raptors are going to do it. I, I don't love the con- construction of this Philly team you know, they looked unbelievable that first couple of games with Harden and Bede. They're going to the free throw line, basically every couple of seconds. Right. It has not gone as well since. And I, I believe this Raptor team is so physical, so good defensively without fouling that yes, James Harden and Bede are going to get to the free throw line plenty, but I don't think it's going to be as much as they'd like. And I think it's going to be a, a long hard fought series. And I think, the Raptors experience in these situations is going to help them a lot.
0: The other added element to this is that, you know, if we think about a team that could beat the Sixers, it has to be a team that is flexible enough and that could probably like spread the floor and be interchangeable. And that is literally the Raptors or how we call it the heat of the North. Um, They're just so good defensively and could match up in so many different ways and I don't know if the Sixers are that flexible in that regard, and so I do have questions as to the Raptors if like will they score enough points. But you know, listen, in in Toronto they won't have the added element of having to deal with with who's a, a a very good defensive player for the Southern, for the uh, Sixers. So I wonder how much that of a fact I'm, that's going to be a factor for me to watch during this series as well.
1: Yeah, I mean he's just kind of a nothing burger on offense I mean he can hit some shots he's great defensively I don't think he's going to make that swing um I think he he helps but obviously this series is going to come down to Harden and Bede and Tobias Harris making shots being efficient how is Harden's turnovers his turnovers have been out of control in the playoffs in the past this is you know, one of those years where he really needs to have a good playoff series. You know, there's all the talk about that. And then, by the way, something that hasn't been talked about, he did not opt into his contract. So he's going to be a free agent this upcoming summer. And if he wants that super max from Philly, he's he's going to have to show that he's the Harden of old of the regular season and not an old Harden who has been struggling the postseason the last few years.
0: Yeah, and I think the other, the other aspect to James Harden is that who um, will be the one who shows up in the playoffs, or is this going to be the one from Houston from a few years ago who disappeared in the most important stretches of, of that, those series?
1: I mean, he was hurt last year, but when he was on the court in that Milwaukee series after basically saying he was you know, 10 20 30% healthy, he did not look like a player you'd want on the court. And obviously the injury, I think, was a big, big part of that. But he is not shown to be a player you can rely on in the postseason throughout his career. And it sucks to say that. But at the same time, this is, you know, a great opportunity for him to flip that narrative right away. And, you know, he has a a series where he's getting to the line constantly and shooting 55% from the floor, which he's very capable of doing that could swing this thing and make this a, a Philly in five kind of series very quickly. But I don't expect it. So I'm taking the Raptors. I'm taking the Raptors in six.
0: Oh, totally. I mean, I think, I think um, it's so contingent on whether James Harden becomes a factor. In, like, Well, not even a factor, just someone who can like, really be a, a, a sidekick to, James, to, to Embiid because I, I feel pretty good about Embiid. Having to step up but with the pressures in a face against the Raptors it's it's not as as simple I guess um but anyway um we should move on and I think the other series to keep an eye out for I mean at least in, in the east I feel pretty good about the Bucks beating the Bulls and I feel really good about the the Heat being whoever the play team
1: is, is there anything in that Bucks bulls series that we should be looking out for? Well, in terms of the Bucks
0: bulls I wonder how much of a factor. Um, I know Zach Levine's been dealing with some injuries. So, I mean, if we want to, you know, in order for them to steal a game, you're going to probably need Zach Levine to go off. I think you can sort of depend on DeRozan to step up, but you need someone like Zach Levine to step up. Uh, the Vucevic – uh addition really didn't make much sense with the bulls this year
1: but i mean wendell carter outplayed him they they would like that one back i really believe that but wendell carter just was not healthy in his first few years in chicago and they just felt like let's go get a vet let's go get a guy who can we, we know we can count on but he did not look as good as he did in his orlando days this year
0: yeah is there anything that you think in terms of this series that is worth watching
1: I'd be curious to see like DeRozan and Levine more. I haven't seen a ton of Bulls games this year, but in terms of like how they take turns scoring and how they distribute the ball, um, is that something where they're losing games to the Bucs? Is that something that Levine gets frustrated playing backseat to DeRozan? Because another guy who can be a free agent this summer is Zach Levine. Mm, And it's a guy who wants to play second fiddle on a team that, we think might get swept, right? Might lose in five. So I'm curious to see the dynamic between those two superstar offensive players progresses in the case that the series does not go their way.
0: Yeah. I mean, those are those are great points. And I think we're going to be, um, that sort of conversation is, is, has, is, I think is going to be a common theme really throughout these whole playoffs. Uh, and which actually sets up a good transition into our other, the other conference, the Western Conference Finals, um, or the West Conference playoffs. The Utah Jazz are playing the Dallas Mavericks. Right, Luka is expected to be out for that first game, at least um, the first, game. at least the first game. And so I think moving forward with this team, like if the Utah Jazz lose against the Mavericks, I think we're talking about Donovan Mitchell potentially leaving the Jets and potentially coming to the Knicks.
1: Yeah, I mean, when we talk about, and we'll talk about it again this summer, but like in terms of what would be the one acquisition the Knicks would want more than anything, we always bring back Donovan Mitchell. From here, he is that prototypical two guard who can play some point, he can score, he's on a, a reasonable contract. So I love the idea of going with the, uh, Turmoil in Utah to get you know that team to pry away Donovan Mitchell. I don't think it's going to happen in terms of Mitchell getting traded, but they lose to a list Dallas team. I think that could be the opportunity Mitchell needs to be like, okay, get me out of here. It's time to move on. Uh, I'm in the belief that uh, this team is just not built for a long playoff run. We've seen it time and time again. that Ruby Gobert can get played off the floor when teams are playing small this dallas team is very capable of playing small and so chris i just really believe that this utah team caught a huge break in this luka situation i, I mean a calf strain to me is normally i'm not a doctor don't call me doctor and been over here wait you're not but a doctor <laughs> but at the same time a calf strain to me is not a day-to-day thing it's usually something that keeps you out for weeks upon weeks and so if Luka is going to miss this series or miss most of this series, I think Utah's going to take it. You know,
0: it's one of those things where, like, you, you just can't help to wonder what will be the future of this Jazz next season, even, with, even if they advance, right? This team is not going to advance further than the second round. You know, let's, let's be realistic about that. I wonder if that also puts pressure on the Jazz to push Rudy Gobert. As well, you know, it's just want to lose. And they would, and they would
1: wind up playing. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but they would wind up playing the number one seeded Suns the next round, right? Who can play small? Who can play big? And do all these things? So, I really believe that they're in trouble whether Luca plays or not. They're either going to lose this week or they're going to lose in round two. Um,
0: and and then I think moving forward with the series itself. You got to wonder about the health of Luka. If he plays, if he doesn't play for the rest of the series, obviously we think the Jazz will win it. But I think if Luka comes back, it's a wrap. I think it's Dallas.
1: Yeah. If, if Luka plays, I just think they can't contain him. And this is a team that prides itself on his defense solely for the fact that Rudy Gobert is amazing defensively in the post. But Luger can score in a lot of ways. He can score from, you know, three-pointer. He can score from mid-range. And he can get other guys involved with his passing. So I just think he's going to be too much for them. And uh, we've seen Donovan Mitchell go off in a playoff series. Remember, you know, he had that one against Denver where he averaged basically like 40 points a game. And, you know, Jamal Murray was better, which is crazy. That was one of the better playoff series in the first round we've had in a while. But you're going to need that kind of effort from Mitchell if Luca's healthy.
0: I agree. And I think uh, that's going to be a series that I'm going to watch. I'm going to be really uh, on top of that one. Uh, so are you, t- are you
1: taking Dallas regardless? Um,
0: I think so. I think so.
1: Okay. Uh, fair enough. I'm going to take Utah. I just don't think Luca's going to be able to go out there. Let's get to Warriors Nuggets. I think this is the, the series I have the least – feel for so far and i just believe that what's jamal Murray's status we know steph curry is probable for game one but at the same time what is how healthy is he how healthy is dream on green who's been having back problems all year are you going to get defensive player of the year dream on green or are you getting a guy who's kind of toughing it out and i think because we don't know those things i have no feel for this series i'm going to take the warriors they have home court advantage and, you know, they have the experience doing this. Clay is back. He's been better recently. Um, I like their depth a little bit better because, you know, the Nuggets are still missing two max players.
0: So that, that's another one that I keep mulling, mulling about, but I just really feel good about how Jokic matches up with the Warriors. There's nobody on the Warriors that can match up well against Jokic. And so – It'll probably be an issue of scoring for Denver, but they've figured out ways all season. And like I think the big difference between last season and this season is that they've figured it out without Jamal Murray and company. And they've sort of like performed really well. Um and so I actually think the Nuggets might take this one. If if Curry's at a hundred percent, like I think I take the Nuggets. I just wanted to add really one quick thing to the to the um the Jazz Mavs series. I fully believe the Mavs will win if Luca's back. If he's not back, then it's obviously going to, to, the Jazz are going to win that. But anyway, back to the, back to the Warriors and back to the, um, I missed my, my train of thought, but I just, for me, the Warriors were a little bit overhyped in the, during the season. They, it was obviously great to see them play well and look like shades of what they were, but it's just not the same team. They're, they have. They're led by younger players now, like people like Jordan Poole. Clay is just not the same. Um, if if Steph Curry does come back healthy, you know this is a different conversation.
1: I also believe that the Warriors defensively are going to be able to slow down Joker enough to make a difference in that series, where he can't just go haywire in a couple of these games you know, they can throw different schemes at him. They can double triple and all these things that we've seen teams do against Joker in the playoffs before. And so that's why I think it's going to be a different, I think this is gonna be a great series. I think this would be a very high offensive scoring series and I'm excited to see how that one plays out. Um, lastly, is this last? No, this is not last. We have Memphis, Minnesota, Minnesota winded up winning a play game against the Clippers They celebrated like there was no tomorrow on the court, which people criticize them for. I don't get that at all. We can't tell our players, you know, give us more emotion, give us more, don't be a robot. But then when they do what we asked, we say, you over-celebrated, right? This is a team that's made the playoffs once in like 10 years. And so I really believe good for them. And I I hope they can get a couple of these games and make this a series and really bring Minnesota basketball back on the map.
0: I know our friend Mitch would be really happy to see the Minnesota Timberwolves back on the map. And, you know, I don't get it. People can never be happy. I mean, you know, it could, nothing the players do is okay. Nothing that, you know, the fan. I mean, it's just, you just got to let people be. Like, I had no problem with Pat Beverly doing what he did. It was a very significant victory for him in his career. Like, that was huge to beat the Clippers, even if it was a playing game, so who cares? Like other
1: team like, that traded him away, you know, and he's a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. And, and if anything, you know, emotions sort of bring out the best
0: in sports. Like, those are the things that you remember. Those are the things that you, like, you know, like, you know, KG, when he won his first championship, remember how iconic him holding the you know, trophy? Right. And, and like, that's what I'm people going are saying.
1: They're acting like this is KG winning a title and not the Minnesota Timberwolves winning a play-in game to get to the playoffs, well, but I, I, I get but, it. i but, but,
0: but listen, like, all the people who are criticizing that, it's like, not everyone will get to the mountaintop like KG, you know? So even getting to an NBA game, that is a victory for many players. That is a victory for many people. So if Pat Bev wants to celebrate this or whoever else, that's fine with me. I have no problem with it. But in terms of the series yeah. itself, um, I think they match up really well. Um but I still have to give the upper hand to the Grizzlies just because they're so deep. I think if they were facing an experienced team like the Clippers I'd be more concerned. But quite frankly I just I just don't see it. I think the Grizzlies' role players are much better than what what Timberwolves have and you probably need Anthony Anthony Edwards D'Lo and Kat to play their best games every night in order for, for, the, for, for an upset to happen there.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It comes down to those three guys playing at their best at the same time, which we did not see in the playing game. We saw Edwards go out of his mind. We saw Russell hit or miss, and we saw Towns not be good. And, you know, this is year, you know, six or seven of Towns. He's 26. We got to get to the point, and we're going to get to that point this week we kind of know more about what he is as a player. Is he a number one option? Is he a number two option? We're going to learn those things in terms of how he plays in this series. I think that's really important. Uh, How does the Grizzlies defend Anthony Edward with, with Bain and with Brooks? How do those guys handle Russell and Edwards? You know, those guys are very not hit or miss that sounds more i mean they're streaky they're streaky guys where all of a sudden edwards can put up 20 and a quarter how do they how do they handle that you know where do they where do they basically not jaw john defense but where do they jaw john defense so i'm curious to see yeah. how all that plays out but the most important matchup to me is carl anthony towns and jaron jackson jr how does that play out towns was wait, not great at And go ahead
0: wait so we don't think valentunas is going to be guarding or oh, not valentunas um Steve Adams is going to be guarding him?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I I think they might do that in in spurts. Obviously it's a long series, four, five, six games at least. Right. So I think they they will switch it up. But I think at the end of games, when they're looking for offense, I think Adams is on the bench. And I think they're more going with a Kyle Anderson who can play make at the four and maybe Jaron Jackson at the five. How does that play out? Does Towns abuse – jaron jackson who i believe needs to put on a little weight jaron Jackson's had a a ton of foul problems throughout his his career so far how does he how does that play out that's a matchup that towns offensively needs to take advantage of and then on the other end jaron jackson's a guy who could space the floor he's moving all around the court how does towns stick with him do they put jared vanderbilt on him and not and tell towns you're not even getting that assignment so how those two bigs handle this offensively and defensively to me is the most fascinating part of this series. the series
0: the one other thing but I, I don't know if this series will be like the indictment on Towns as a franchise player but you gotta wonder like the the Timberwolves made on that run to beat the Clippers in the last few minutes of the game without Towns because he fouled out so you gotta wonder if if the team starts to realize, okay, maybe we should be building around Anthony Edwards and not towns, or maybe that's already happening. And we're just like, we're the last ones to know.
1: I don't think we're the last ones to know. I mean, I, I, they've shown no inclination that they want to trade towns. Obviously things can change in the NBA quick. And, you know, if he comes off a series where he really lets them down, who knows, maybe a team thinks they can get more out of him somewhere else. This is the only organization he's ever known. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because I think we're going to learn a lot more about Carl and Anthony Towns this week. And I, I'm excited to see that.
0: I'm All with right. you. I'm with you.
1: Last series, not much to discuss here. Suns versus the winners of Clippers Pelicans. Look, the Pelicans looked pretty good the other night. Uh, CJ McCollum at 27 in the first half. You know, Ingram looked good, Balanchunas. This team has a pretty good foundation if they had Zion Williamson. Right, if they had that big guy in the middle to go with C.J. Ingram, Valanchunas, and then these role players who are hustlers on defense like Herb Jones and uh, Al- Alvarado, I think this that team is somebody who can cause fits for teams in the playoffs. That's not the team they have. So unfortunately, whether the Clippers win or the Pelicans win, I think this is going to be a, a Suns in five kind of situation. Oh, it's
0: it's. I like both teams. I like the Pelicans and um, and the Clippers. The Clippers tend to be very like um, they just they they consistently hit above their weight, and they they're just getting Paul George back. I I'm of the belief that the Pelicans probably deserve it. I not deserve. It. That's not fair. That's not fair. Um, I think the Pelicans would be more interesting, and I think that'll. Be more beneficial for that franchise moving forward than the Clippers going in. The Clippers had no expectations going in, you know. Um, yeah. if, well, if, I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm not, wait, sorry, Steve. If I'm not mistaken, doesn't the winner of that game impact the Knicks as well? Because I believe if if the Clippers win, if the um, Pelicans, yeah, if the Pelicans win, the Knicks get one win less and so they move up in the draft correct
1: i didn't know that um i guess the playoff teams would all go at the bottom so i that does make sense to me so go pelicans let's get a, let's get go from 12 yeah. to 11 I'm, yeah, I'm with yeah. you. and yeah. you know it, it would be great for that franchise because they can go to zion and be like look we're a playoff team without you bringing you in we can really do some damage here so let's get going you know, this is your fourth year. Show us that you're great and we'll get you the money, you know?
0: Honestly, I'm almost rooting for, for the Pelicans not to sign him. I know it sounds, it's, it sounds insane what I'm saying, and I know that Zion's an incredibly talented player. But, like, there's something to be said that, like, it's just not fair that the Pelicans were basically left out to dry. They figured it out. They got it's CJ. Very and I think it's it just, I don't know. To, there's, a, there's an element to that, that I don't find fair, but maybe it's something that we, we don't know what's going on in,
1: in the background. Well, we clearly don't know what's going on. I mean, before the game, you have Zion doing windmill dunks in warmups. Where is he? What? Why, like, I'm not saying, like, maybe he's got something, some injury that we don't know about, but he's warming up as if he's getting ready for the finals and he's... Not playing. There's no update on him. He keep putting up, you know, posts of him dunking and practice and stuff like that. So, like, what's what's going on?
0: Imagine, if, imagine if the Pelicans move on, and then it's Zion in the first round versus the Suns. That's kind of you know messy TV, but I'm not expecting it, obviously.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before, but there's so many injury situations that like can swing series. Steph Curry, Jamal Murray, uh, you know, we mentioned Zion, obviously, Ben Simmons, but he's not going to help much. Uh, Luka, and this is just, plays haven't even started yet. Injuries happen, and so I'm curious. I hope the injuries don't cause this playoffs to go the way it, it's going to go, and I hope it's really about, you know, guys hitting big shots and making big plays versus who wasn't around, but The Zion thing is interesting and I think we're not going to know the answer to what's going on there for, for years.
0: Agree there, Stevie. Um, So in terms of these playoffs, is there anything else that you're looking at uh, in terms of teams or any particular players that we haven't mentioned?
1: I would just stress with, with Utah that this is just so important for them and for them they kind of remind me of Portland last year, where it's just like they just have to get this done. They can't underachieve because if they do, does Gobert want out? Does Mitchell want out? You know, the the people who've been running this team are still around, but now Danny Ainge is in charge, and Trader Danny did not draft Mitchell or Gobert or any of these guys. And if they keep underachieving like they have the last two years, what's stopping him from saying? Let's blow this thing up. Let's go in another direction. So I think they're the team you have to watch more than anything.
0: Uh, I'm with you there, and I think in terms of our own personal interests, like it really makes me wonder about. Um, there was another player that I was thinking of, but Donovan Mitchell obviously stands out as a player that, like, who in a who how would he he would be in a different scenery, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see how that plays out. And, you know, he's one of our favorites. His dad works for the Mets. He's a big Met fan. So what's not to like with him? New York guy. So I just, um, I'm excited. And we'll have to uh, wait and see how that plays out. Let's get to our final thoughts right after this. All right, Chris, final thoughts here. The only thing really on my mind is what is going on with the Lakers. Uh, they win this big big not big game, but they they win a hard-fought game against the Nuggets in overtime and then all these reports come out that Frank Vogel is being fired. They ask him at his press conference, "Do you know anything what's going on?" He says, "I don't I don't know anything. I haven't been told anything." They make him to come to work the next day and then they fire him there. And so I just thought they handled that so poorly and the The talk of we like Quinn Snyder, we like Nick Nurse, those guys are not gettable for the Lakers. They're not. You know, Doc Rivers, like, unless one of these guys gets surprise fired and then decides I'm going to take the Lakers job over what could be better options, I, I don't see it. I think they're going to have to settle for a coach out of the league looking to rebound like Mark Jackson.
0: I feel like there's such a public, like, disdain for the Lakers right now, but not in a way where, like, it's because they're good. It's because they're so incompetent and like just making continuously bad decisions. Um and like I feel like the Lakers are falling into the trap that many executives sometimes do and falling for the nostalgia sort of leadership style where they hire people that they somewhat know and or like have been involved with the organization in some capacity. You know, Magic Johnson, Rob Um and now you have the LeBron clutch added element to it. It just seems like, like the Lakers did not deserve all the attention they did this this year. And it's such a shame because there was plenty of good other storylines. You know, listen, we talked about it here on this podcast as well. Like it's obviously news that the Lakers are are underachieving, but they did not deserve our breath as much as they did. Um
1: they I wouldn't have had it though, if they weren't a combination of the Lakers and with LeBron James, like if they didn't have either one of those mystiques, I don't think they get any attention this year.
0: I mean, I don't think you're wrong, but you know, regardless, they still, they, they, you're right. they, they still got the attention and, and listen, like maybe if, if AD is, is healthy, it's a different conversation, but he wasn't. So uh, in terms of who I like as a coach, I don't think it matters who coaches that team because we know it doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, I think that the person that probably makes the most sense is probably Fizdale because he's right there, easy. Like, he's just someone who's going to be a... I feel a, LeBron
1: a, with... with, the, a, with figurehead, a figurehead.
0: A um, figurehead. They're not... Mark Jackson, I feel like, would be the last straw in terms of this, like, disaster. But if you're talking about just, like, hoping for... Anthony Davis to get better, one. Correcting some of the players that they assign signed and signed players that fit the team more. I don't know how they're going to do it with the limited cap space. But, you know, it's not over. I mean, I think the team could still make some moves that can make it interesting. So maybe they don't need to do much in terms of the coaching change. So I think someone like Fizdale makes the most sense.
1: Uh, The fascinating thing for me is – do they attach that 2027 first rounder and possibly the 2029 first rounder, the only two first rounders they have over the next decade, do they attach those to Russell Westbrook to turn that into a quality player who could help LeBron and Davis? Or do they say LeBron and David, like LeBron's old and Davis is always hurt. Let's just see how we are with basically the same team and how they play that it's gonna be fascinating because other than trading Westbrook's salary for more help, I can't really see where they can make big moves on this team.
0: Oh I I can give you one. They could just trade them for Randall. We help both uh, we'll help we'll help each other.
1: We're also Westbrook in that 2027 20, first for Randall and Fournier who says no. And that's what I keep coming back to. And I think it makes I mean maybe I'm thinking of it from a Nick perspective, but I think it makes a lot of sense for both sides.
0: I I I don't mind that at all. I mean, I like Fournier, but I
1: think that makes sense. Well, that is going to do it for us here on the All Hoops podcast. Chris, thank you.
0: Who do you think the coach is going to be?
1: I like your Fisdale idea. I think that makes sense. I think Mark Jackson's a guy who who could get that job. Um, I personally love listening to him and, uh, and Breen and, uh, and uh, Van Gundy Jeff, on the ESPN telecast i kind of hope he sticks around for a bit but if not um it would be good for him to get another opportunity uh he got raked through the coals (laughs) last time right maybe a lot of that was probably true maybe some of it wasn't i don't know i'm not in that room but at the same time it would be cool to see uh, a nick legend get another opportunity so well what just call him a nick legend yeah isn't he not or how about a let's call him a new york legend how about that is that better St. John's guy, Knicks. I mean, a lot of the damage he did was against the Knicks with him as a pacer. So, I, all right, we'll call him a New York legend. We'll settle with that. But that is going to do guys, it for yeah. us here on the All Hoops podcast. Chris, thank you as always. And to our great fans and listeners, enjoy the playoff basketball. Bye,
0: everyone. Bye, everyone.